T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the Hurricane Hotline. Joe Zagacki, Don Bailey Jr., and this week we've got a Friday night game at Carter-Finley Stadium in Raleigh, North Carolina. The Hurricanes will be back in action after a bye week. They'll get going against North Carolina State, which is a tricky team. We'll talk about uh, State in a moment, Don. But uh, Canes have had a bye week, and uh, you hope that they've been able to get refreshed and that they'll be ready to go on Friday night. At this time of year, it, it really is about refreshing your team uh, as far as a bye week goes. But it also gives you a chance to look in the rearview mirror and see what needs to be improved upon as a unit, meaning the offense and the defense and special teams, but also individual players. I mean, you know, when you when I think back of off weeks, it, it was really a tutoring session that during the season, it's team, 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 and it's big picture, big picture. Take this off week and you get tutored basically as an individual. And no matter what the position is, if there was, let's just take three things that you really needed to focus on and hone your skills on to finish out the season, those things are talked about intensely and you know, the way that teaching's done today, it's done on the field, it's done on the board, and it's done with a visual, and you get the walkthrough. So with this off week that Miami has had, I think it came at a time to get them you know, physically re-energized, and then, of course, it gives them an opportunity to improve as individuals. Kings will go into this game 5-1, and one, North Carolina State 4-2. and two. Kickoff is at 7.30. Our broadcast will begin with Countdown to Hurricanes kickoff at 3.30 in the afternoon. So a great way to start your Friday as we'll have Miami and North Carolina State. Temperature expected to be on the frosty side in Raleigh. So I think that'll be good for both squads. Miami's got to get their run game going against North Carolina State's defense. I State's defense, I think they've got some areas that you can exploit. They play that 3-3-5 defense. Uh, the kid McNeil, number 29, He'll be in his 31st game. He's a nice nose tackle, but Miami has not been able to run the ball that well. Uh, Cameron Harris, 35 yards in his last three games. You know, Joe, I think a lot of people have spent a lot of time on on that subject. and But the reason Miami hasn't been able to run the ball so well is teams realized that Miami was not getting any help from their receivers. So they're going to roll the dice. They're going to say, we're going to fill in this box here. We're going to commit our defense 
to not allowing Miami to run the football. I don't care who's carrying the football. We're going to outman them. And the only guy that has really had success the last three weeks running the football has, has been De'Ara King. So they felt, meaning the opponent, that Miami can't throw. Nobody, Nobody's coming up with anything spectacular. You figure the last two weeks you don't have Brevin Jordan, so you really take out your number one offensive weapon. And here's here's what you're left to do. You're trying to Miami's trying to force feed a run, and it's just not there. Now, with Harley coming up with a 10 catch, 170 against UVA, and the other guys starting to practice better and starting to grasp the offense, and also understanding that the positions are open, like every position on on, on any any sport. But I think what you're going to see, if Miami has a little success throwing the football, uh, miraculously, you will see the run start to generate again. Well, I think you bring up a good point about Brevin Jordan. And I, I don't know where he is exactly in terms of his rehab. He's probably somewhere between probable to doubtful. So we'll just see on Friday night what happens. But without him in the lineup, you're right. The other teams do not have to devote as many resources to Brevin Jordan and the middle of the field hasn't exactly been dominating. Now, Will Mowry can do some of that, but uh, certainly they certainly can stretch the middle of the field a lot better when Jordan is in the lineup and and is blocking as well. Uh, ex- exactly. Now, so you take Will Mallory. I love the guy. I think he's going to be a great tight end. I think he's got NFL uh, talent, and but he's a different style of tight end. Brevin Jordan was a playmaker. You almost would put him in the wide receiver room and get away with it. I mean, you're going to see a wide receiver against, uh, I mean, on NC State's team that's about as big as Brevin Jordan. And and they just happened to, to put him out, uh, you know, split him out wider. But Brevin Jordan is a guy that when my, that he's not on the field. When you take not what Don Bailey says or not what Joe Zagaki says, when you take what independent people felt were top players in the ACC, Brevin Jordan was the highest Dan? ranked player on the University of Miami football team. Once you know, once uh, once Rousseau was off the list, it, it was it was Brevin Jordan, and it was Brevin Jordan on on the offensive side of the football. So you know, you can't discount not having that type of player on the field. The uh, North Carolina State, the strength of their team, is at linebacker. They have three nice linebackers: Thomas Moore and uh, Peyton Wilson. Uh, in the in one of their games earlier, those three guys accounted for 41 tackles in the game and and two interceptions. So Wilson's a very nice linebacker. He, he wears number 11. Uh, he's number two in the ACC in tackles. Uh, so that's an area that Miami and those guys are playing downhill all the time. Well, that, and that's the model of that defense. They, you know, they're really. They're really stand-up defensive linemen. You know, it's all about stopping the run there. They've got five guys in the secondary backing that up. So it's it's the ability to have three down linemen. It's really generated. You're right by the nose tackle. You know, he, he is he's my kind of guy. I would have hate to have had to play against him. He's got the perfect size. He's got the perfect build. He's got everything that you want, and he clogs up those interior two gaps as good as anybody in the conference. With that being said, now those linebackers can run free, but their first step is always downhill. So it's a six-man box as a base, and that's really going to force Miami to, to struggle at times and, and have to be creative in the passing game and the running game to make something happen. By the way, I, I should mention on the show tonight, 
this is, uh, of course, it's election night, number one. So a lot of people will be gathered around the televisions. And, and for us on the show tonight with a bye week, it is also the night of coaches. We have Jim Laranega, Katie Meyer, and Gino Damari all coming up on the show. And also Manny Diaz a little bit later on. So it's the night of coaches on election night here on the show tonight. Well, see, y'all, you and you and Gorby always do a great job of lining up the best guests. So you're going to get the you're getting you're getting a round robin of UM coaching tonight. And you know they've got great coaches on on this campus, all very involved. So we'll hear from Coach L, Katie Meyer, and Gino Damari all coming up on the show, as well as Manny Diaz. A little more on North Carolina State, uh, another team that Miami's going to face where their quarterback situation a little bit up in the air. Now, they have hinted very strongly they're going to go with Bailey Hockman, and then they'll probably play a little more of Ben Finley. Finley played against Carolina as the game went on. I thought he got overwhelmed. I'm not sure that Bailey Hockman is good enough to dominate a game. And I, I just kind of going to distill this game down for Miami to two things. Stop the run. And don't let Emeka Amezi, number 86, make a lot of big plays. That being said, number 79, Ekwanu, is your kind of offensive lineman. He might be the best lineman that Miami has seen in a couple of years. Well, he is. I think he falls into that category of the of the left tackle that was at Louisville last year, who got hurt when they played Miami. I think that he was a first round pick. I think I think it was at the Jets. But you know, their offensive line is uh very impressive and fortunately i'm able to to study them a little bit and and i'm talking from from left to right the center last year they had a first round draft pick at center and i think he went to the vikings this this young man seems to be capable of, of doing some great things himself and you know nc state is a power team and you you talk about the wide receiver and he's big he's strong he looks like a tight end he's you know it looks like brevin jordan being out there and he, but he makes plays, and then the tight end, the proper tight end, he's he's got five touchdowns already, and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to worry about him. And they're a power football team. I like their style, and this, it's the same style that gave Miami trouble. I guess it was about five years ago when we were up there. We got out of there. It was a you know nine point win or something like that. But Miami was never able to put them away. They won the game with Coach Rick, and and it was it was a game you're like, oh man, we got out of here alive. But this game will be this game is going to be a little bit closer than what I think people uh, anticipated. And I'm with you on the quarterback situation. They're going back and forth, and you know Bailey Hockman was a you know a, a highly recruited guy who originally signed with Florida State, and now they've got Finley, the the young guy, and, and he's just he, he's he's got the arm, he's got the movement, but neither one of them is settled in. And it's you know if you're an NC State fan, it's disappointing because they had their guy. Yeah, they, they had their guy, but he broke his legs, so. Uh, he's out of this game. Uh, Dave Dorn is a disciple of Wisconsin football, and that's why he wants to be a power team. Uh, he also wants to be a team that registers all of his players, but right now I think you look at their roster, they're, they're kind of stuck in between being able to develop and try to win now, sort of where Miami is. Miami sometimes gets stuck between trying to be a win-now program and a developmental program. It's hard to do. It's hard to, you know, if you want to be a developmental program, you have to have some patience. If you want to be a win-now program, you better recruit at a really high level. 
Well, I hope I hope people understand here that uh, that Miami is trying to be a developmental program. Fortunately, they've got a a guy that's really turned into a guru the last two years with the portal, and that's Manny Diaz that has has been able to fill the gaps. And if if you doubt that. Just look at the production you got last year out of KJ Osborne. Now the list is, you know, a handful and a half of players that have, have made this season uh, the possibility of being something special. But you've got to keep recruiting your young guys. You've got to keep developing them. You've got to keep them in your strength and conditioning. You've got to make sure that your staff has stability. And then you fill in, fill in the holes as you can with the portal and Miami's been very, very successful with it. And it will breed continual success. The young men are going to see if they're somewhere else that they come here. Now I see that going on at NC state too. I see a couple of kids from USC there. I see some transfers in they're trying to, trying to get older too, but uh, you know, I'm well documented on what, how I feel is I say, bring them in, red shirt them, get them older, no matter what. I mean, if they're going to leave after the third year, at least get that red shirt on them. And they've been there and you get a couple good years out of them. And the guys that are really winning in football, as you, as you can see, are your, your teams with uh, f- fourth and fifth year guys, whether it's Clemson or Alabama, or you know, look at LSU last year, they had a bunch of old guys and some transfers too. Well, the last thing on this game uh, for now, for this hour Miami, North Carolina State. Takeaways, turnovers, takeaways. Miami has taken the ball away three times in the last three games, one in each game. North Carolina State has turned the ball over seven times in their last two games. They're having some trouble there holding on to the ball. Miami's got to have more than one takeaway. They get more than one takeaway in this game, they'll probably win it. Yeah, I agree with that, and I don't. I as long as Miami is positive in that category, it's going to help them win this football game. If Miami gets one, and and if they have one takeaway, and NC State doesn't have any, that's a, that's a, that's a big advantage. I think when you look at st- statistics, and if you're going down the list of of what you want for your team, if you're plus two in the giveaway takeaway, there's there's a very good chance you're going to win this football game. You know, Derek King, for the most part, has been very, very uh, careful with the football. Miami's been lucky with it. They haven't fumbled. And it's just a matter of making sure that you give him enough time, meaning King, to execute the play that's called. And if not, he'll find a way to pick up some positive yards with his feet. All right. Those are the nuts and bolts of Miami and North Carolina State. Friday night, kickoff at 7.30. We'll be on the air at 3.30, still to come on the Hurricane Hotline, our night of head coaches, Jim Laranega, Katie Meyer, Gino Damari, and Manny Diaz, all to come. Speaking of nuts and bolts, when it comes to nuts and bolts at Williamson Cadillac, nobody understands that part of the business better than Ed Williamson. The nuts and bolts, the parts and service department, the body shop, they all work together all the time at Williamson Cadillac. And you know, in the car business, so much is talked about in terms of pricing. But at Williamson, it's customer care, friendliness, and reliability. Those are the golden rules at Williamson Cadillac, a part of Miami's unique community for over 52 years. And Williamson Cadillac serves this community with the same essence that represents the people who live here because Williamson is Miami. Right now, you can experience everything that Williamson Cadillac has to offer with its award-winning lineup. Make a statement in their unmistakable XT crossovers. Engineered to stand out. That's what I'm driving right now. And XT4 is smooth. 
smooth, quiet, and beautiful. Excite your senses in Williamson's CT sedan series dedicated to performance or ride in the original icon, the Cadillac Escalade. Visit their state-of-the-art facility conveniently located at US 1 and 104th Street just south of the Palmetto Expressway or view their entire lineup online at WilliamsonCadillac.com. Williamson Cadillac, your premier luxury dealership. Williamson is Miami. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Happy to welcome you back to the Hurricane Hotline. We continue with our night of coaches, and now we have University of Miami head basketball coach Jim Laranega. Coach L, always great to talk with you. Uh, some crazy times that we're living in, but uh, maybe the more normal thing, you're back to basketball practice, which, which we'll get to here in a second. But first, how are you doing? How's everything going? I'm doing good, Joe, and, and uh, I'm enjoying that uh, we're able to get into our practice facility and practice with our players and get them in shape for this upcoming season. Uh, we're excited. We've got a, a veteran team. Uh, we've got some bumps and bruises right now, and uh, I'll talk to you a little bit more about one of the more serious accidents. But, uh, uh, you know, my staff is doing good. We're wearing our mask uh, every day in practice, and the players are coming into the practice facility with their masks. Anytime we're gathered, we wear the mask. But uh, COVID-19 has impacted every aspect of life. Uh, it sure has. Uh, I know you are a great teacher, so I'm sure that you've used everything that's happened since last March to right now, which is Election Day, as teaching moments with your with your team. Yeah, we've talked so much about uh, so many different things with the players. You know, one of the things is these Zoom meetings have been very popular. Uh, we were doing a Zoom meeting once a week during the summer. But now that the players are basically doing their classes, uh, they're basically virtual classes and Zoom-type meetings. So we've cut back on that, and we've been able to meet in the uh, facility uh, before practice. But we're social distancing. So the players have their own chair. They never sit in somebody else's chair. And those chairs are separated by 10 or more feet. So the team is spread out. I, I think I'm going to end up with laryngitis trying to speak to the whole group. To, I got to bark out directions, Joe. You can't can't just uh, do it like it's a timeout. Um, COVID presents some interesting challenges for sports. One of those is uh, contact tracing. Uh, basketball is a close-up sport. Do you anticipate uh, as you get closer to the season or when the season starts, does it force you to change perhaps how you're going to practice because of close contact? What's well, very interesting, Joe, we've started this now, I think, for the last month. Uh, we videotape all our practices. The guys, when they're sitting, all wear their masks. And we have an analytics person break down you know jeff dyer he's our video coordinator he's broken down every time uh we practice 
as to how long somebody is near somebody else so that it, it, we can review contact tracing. And the number of minutes, at, I, 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 don't quote me on this, but I think it's 15 minutes. So like if Chris Likes is going against Harlan Beverly for 15 seconds, and then they don't go against each other for a while, and then they come back and they're, they're in close contact for a minute. So that becomes a minute and 15 seconds. And then uh, a few minutes later, another minute. So now it's two minutes and 15 seconds. And then after that, it might be 10 seconds. So now we're at two minutes, 25 seconds. As long as you stay below the 15 minutes, you're okay. And the funny thing is we did not have anybody register like over 10 minutes because we we're not really near each other all the time. Even when you're on defense, you know, six feet away, normally the only guy that's six, closer than six feet is the guy who's guarding the ball. And those guys only guard the ball for like, you know, 10 or 15 seconds at a time. How nice is it for you this year to have what looks like, for the most part, a complete roster? I know you did have an injury with Sam, but for the most part, uh, you have a, a, a full roster, or at least a more complete roster than the previous two years. Well, uh, it, that was true to begin with, but right now it's, it's not looking as favorably. Uh, and I know people know who Sam Wardenberg is, but do they know that Sam was our leading uh, returner um, and leading returning rebounder, leading returning uh, minutes played in our front court and our best front court defender? So he, he really creates uh, a huge opening at the power forward position or stretch four position. And the guys who are competing for that spot are either freshmen or sophomore with little, little experience. So that's a real problem for us. We, we were going to be able to start a fifth year senior, either Rodney Miller or Nasir Brooks, a fifth year senior in Sam Wardenberg and our best defender and rebounder. So now losing Sam now we're going to have to play a young guy there that doesn't have much experience. So that hurts our front court. The good news is we our backcourt is still healthy, and, and we've got a good group of guys there. Uh, you mentioned Nazir Brooks, and he said out last year. I know he did a lot of good things for you while he was sitting out and was a, a very good role model, team leader. What, what do you think he's going to bring to your team this year now that he can play? Well, Nasir Brooks is one of those high-energy, highly uh, uh, emotional, uh, physically strong uh, person. He's 6'11", 250 pounds. He can uh, defend. He can rebound. He's not a high-octane scorer. We're really working with him, developing his offensive skills so he can produce more points. Um, but... He gives us a, a defensive presence. I would compare him uh, a little bit to um, Ibuka Izundu mm -hmm. and Tanya Jukiri. Uh, Tanya was an outstanding defender uh, and rebounder. I think Nasir can do some of that, uh, but he's also similar to uh, Ibuka in a sense that He's so aggressive, he gets in foul trouble a good bit. So when he was at Cincinnati, they played a lot of zone. And so he stayed out of foul trouble that way. 
oh, with us, he'll play a lot of man-to-man, and I'll be very, very concerned about how well he does in our man-to-man defensive schemes. You brought in a couple of high-profile freshmen, Earl Timberlake and Matt Cross. What kind of impact do you think they can have? Well, both of them are going to get to play an awful lot, and hopefully they'll both have a very positive impact. Uh, Matt Cross is one of our best three-point shooters. You know, he he, he has a chance uh, to make uh, two or three threes a game, uh, similar to a DJ Vasilovich, but uh, DJ was 6'2", Matt Cross is 6'7", 225 pounds, so he's likely... Uh, to take a lot of the minutes that Sam Wardenberg leaves behind. Um, He's uh, learning the defensive schemes, but those are going to be the most challenging for him. I I think he'll be a very nice addition offensively, but I think it's going to take him a while to to develop the the defensive concepts and improve uh, his defense to the point where he's, he's not a liability. And then Earl Timberlake is so aggressive and, and uh, he, he's going to be on the attack from start to finish. He'll score some points. He'll get fouled. He'll get some rebounds because he just involves himself in, in the whole game. So he, he's going to be a very, very good freshman for us. But because he plays so hard, uh, he's, he's come up with a couple of injuries that's forced him to miss some practices which means he's a little bit behind. Uh, so hopefully these we have 14 more practices uh, before our first game, November 25th. So hopefully he can stay healthy and have two good weeks of practice. We should tell our audience that, one, you love practice, uh, and two, you love a practice that's really on point when it's sharp. What's been the most impressive thing for you so far watching your team in practice? Well, uh, when everybody was healthy, including Sam, uh, there was a lot of competition. Uh, and, you know, Chris likes going against Harlan Beverly every day. Both of them, Chris so fast and Harlan long and athletic. And then Isaiah Wong go, uh, and Cam Augusti uh, going against Earl, Earl Timberlake, at least one of them. And then we've got a transfer in um, uh, Elijah Elijah Oliani, and and he'd either go against Isaiah or or uh, Cam. So the competition at the one, two, and three position was outstanding. And then you have Matt Cross and Anthony Walker going against Sam Wardenberg, and Rodney Miller going against uh, uh, Nasir Brooks. So at every position, there was a lot of competition. And then you add, I forgot, Dan Gack, who has been on and off the court because of his knee injuries. But when he's competing, he's had a couple of very nice scrimmages where he's done a good job of rebounding and blocking shots and scoring in around the basket. What do you think what do you think the season is going to look at look like in terms of well, we know you play Purdue, I guess, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Other than that, we don't know a whole lot. 20 conference games, we think. But what, what do you think the season's going to look like? It's going to be much more different than anything we've had in the past. Well, um, 
our fans should know we're not going to have any fans at our, our five home games. We have five home games in November and December, and no, no fans will be allowed in there. Hopefully in January things will change. But, Joe, if you notice, the COVID cases are spiking now. So that likely means a postponement, and we may go the whole season without ever having any fans in the arena. But what I'm most happy about is that our football team has been able to host some home games and play in front of 13,000 people and play on national television. And they're ranked now 11th in the country, I believe, in one of the polls. And I think that's, that's a real positive for basketball. If football can make it through their season, there's no reason basketball can't. Uh, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the phone when the Heat were in the playoffs. And uh, so my question to you is, the NBA players, the emotion, the passion they showed in that bubble, and they played in front of no fans. So I thought they demonstrated a great will and great love for the game. Is that something you can use as an example to your players if we don't have the normal pageantry that we usually have in college basketball? Uh, Joe, I, I would say absolutely. Now, first of all, when you have an older veteran team and a couple of uh, impact freshmen and, and guys are competing really hard, there is a carryover into the game. Guys are going to work hard. The, the question is, can we stay healthy enough? And, you know, injuries occur all the time. Uh, and that changes, uh, you know, how good you are. You lose a key player if, if guys get in foul trouble. Uh, you know, my coaching staff and I are reviewing, are we going to try to play bigger or are we going to try to play small ball? And if you look at the NBA, the teams that had real success, like the Miami Heat, they played small ball a lot. And that may be the direction we have to go in without a Sam Wardenberg. Go a little smaller uh, and – and. Uh, the, the passion, though, I think will be there from start of season to the end. The question is, can you stay healthy? Because if one guy comes down with COVID, you know, the contact tracing kicks in. Before we let you go, I should also mention that while college basketball is not in a bubble uh, per se, uh, you're probably about as close when the season gets going in some circumstances, about as close as you can get, especially when you travel because – uh, the players don't leave the hotel. You have lots of meetings at home games, uh, almost the same thing. So I think you do a really good job of keeping your players as bubbled as you can. And if anybody is, if any team is prepared for that kind of circumstance, I always think it's it's your team because the way that you focus just on basketball. Well, thanks, Joe. That's a very nice compliment. And I, I would like to compliment uh, our, our president, Dr. Julio Frank, and our athletic director, Blake James, because one of the things that has occurred that I think helps us is administrators made the decision very early on to move the school year up a little bit. You know, our students will be going home at Thanksgiving time. November 20th, we're done with classes, even any in-person classes. And that means from November 20th until um, the end of January, like January 24th or so, there are no students here. So our guys will be actually in a bubble on campus. We'll be traveling to our, our games just safely. The only 
challenge will be the the hotel we stay in. Hopefully, we can social distance there, and the meals social distance there. Uh, and if we can do that, hopefully, we'll be able to play all twenty five games, five non conference and twenty conference games. And the last thing before we let you go, uh, earlier in the off season, there there was a push from ACC coaches to have everybody in the NCAA tournament. I don't I don't know if it got too much uh, got enough legs, but I do think there's an awareness out there that we that hopefully we'll be able to get to an NCAA tournament this year and play one. Yeah, I don't think there was any traction with that suggestion of having all 350 schools in there, but. Um, the, the real hopes are, you know, that we're not going to get canceled like we did at the ACC tournament last year. Everything, you know, about COVID is is so uncertain. You know, quarantine rules. Uh, uh, what happens if a kid gets, you know, uh, COVID and contact tracing? What happens if a game gets canceled? You know, if there's a, a greater outbreak, uh, who knows what's going to happen? We, we got a, a huge election, and that, get, that could determine an entirely different approach by our federal government and then our state governments. And the governors chime in and saying, hey, this is how we're going to handle this. And right now, all the states have different rules. I talked to uh, Kevin Keith, the head coach of North Carolina State. He said his kids can, can go home and come back, and there's no uh, – there's no quarantine, whereas here at the university, if our guys leave to go home for Christmas and they come back, that's a five-day quarantine right now. And who knows, it could be more than that in another month. Well, certainly uh, complicated times and uh, big night, of course. It is election night. Uh, so uh, considering it's a very busy time, thank you for joining us on the Hurricane Hotline. I guess I will see you this year from a socially distanced manner, and we'll have lots of uh, our chats to be like this. But at any rate, I'm glad the season uh, is getting underway with college basketball and very much look forward to seeing your team. Thanks so much, Coach. Appreciate it. Thanks, Joe, and I'm looking forward to – uh, putting together a good season for our fans and hope our fans will be cheering long distance. All right, that's University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. We'll continue on the Hurricane Hotline right after this. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Welcome back to the Hurricane Hotline as we continue. It's election night. And it's our, our night of hearing from head coaches and joining us now, University of Miami women's head basketball coach Katie Meyer. Coach Meyer, uh, always good to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm feeling a little bit like normal. We've been playing some hoops and practicing, you know, during the week. And uh, I'm very blessed. Happy to, happy to have the opportunity. How has um, practice gone so far in what are some of the things that you've liked uh, from what you've been able to see from your team? Well, you know, we started the season just talking about um, toughness and how it's, you know, things have just been hard and inconvenient and everyone's going through it in the country and, and how are you resilient? And we, we didn't want to just bounce back. We want to bounce better and find, you know, find 
where we can improve and and what are the opportunities um, with this situation? You know, where did we get better? We had more time to reflect. I had really, really long player meetings during the the isolation time. You know, instead of having a 30-minute, 45-minute meeting, you had hours. You could have an hour and a half. You could talk to them about things, just get, get to know everyone a little bit deeper. So starting from that premise, um, when we've got to some the regular part of the, the, the practicing and all that, our conditioning wasn't where it needs to be. But other than that, I, I think they've been really great. They've been responding really well. I have to ask you this. The other night was Halloween. The other day was Halloween. I think you broke Twitter with your with your with your Michael Jackson movie. You know, we try to do something every year and, and you know, sometimes I one of the years I, I, I just in the middle of practice threw a fit and just acted like I was so mad and said, Get to the locker room right now and they were walking and I was like sprint and I made him scream and run into the locker room. And I followed him in there, and we had the you know, academic support staff and any ticket office and everyone with a haunted house, like, in the middle of the locker room. And, and they ran in, and, you know, the lights were off, and they got scared. But this thriller video might have been one of our more creative ones. We, we figured we had to do something creative and um, had the idea. And then Coach Blue and Morgan Stroman and the Wild Cub got, got, did a whole script. And then Megan from Megan Barnes from uh, Sports Information did a great job of editing it and putting it together. So we had a blast. I mean, it was more fun for the coaches, but the players thought they had film, and we popped in and turned into the thriller video. So, yeah, we're, we're being creative. Have you considered a second career in acting? I hear Jamie Lee Curtis wants to hang up the Halloween movies. Our shocking thing was not my acting, but my poodle skirt. That, that's where I'm getting most of my feedback from poodle skirt with my Adidas uh, <laughs> superstars on. So, uh, but hey, you know we're we're having fun, not taking things too seriously, but just just trying to keep the kids. You know, mental health is really important right now, and it, 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 we it, we are really just you know instead of just complaining about what it is, we're trying to make the best of the situation and 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 trying to keep everyone's spirits up. I would describe your costume as eye popping. <laughs> I was so excited. I got a I got a text from Coach Blue. She said, "You have to order this from Party City." I was like, "Oh my God!" All right, this is before I knew what my role was going to be. So, um, you know, when Coach Blue speaks, I listen. So I follow the rules. I want to uh, hit you up on Coach Blue for a moment because that was one of the changes in the off season. She was named, or you named her, your your associate head coach. A, a no-brainer move. Um, you know, I've, I've honestly, I've had some great coaches in my career, and I've never actually named anyone associate head coach. So, and, um, and and I've had you know coaches that are in pretty important high-level spots right now that were my assistants before. But Boo's been with me a long time, and I thought it was really important that um, you know her energy and her her feel for the game and her feel for the players and how much she loves Miami. Um, I mean, it just kind of almost got embarrassing at a certain point that I had such a talented coach on my staff and she didn't have a title. So uh, I went to Blake and Jen and they were great about it. It is election night and you've been uh, very active in terms of encouraging people to vote. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we're talking about, I, I, no one likes a complainer, you know, and, and, and it just if, if, you, if you're going to complain all the time, then just use your voice and change, change you know, be a part of the change you want to see in the world and and be be active about it and i'm not telling you which way to vote i'm not getting political i'm just saying hey you know if, if you're just going to be complaining all the time and not doing anything about it 
um, then I, I'm not going to listen to you. So let's, let's just get involved. And, and you know, I, I believe everyone has their own beliefs and their rights and, 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 and they can speak to what they want to speak on. But please, you know, be involved. How did your uh, how did your players respond? You do have a veteran team, so you have older players that are uh, eligible and old enough to vote. Yeah, they're great. I mean, we were all registered. Everyone who could. Um, we have quite a few international players that were like, "Well, I'll try," <laughs> but I don't think I'm able to. So obviously, the whole team didn't vote, but uh, but um, we all everyone who was eligible uh, registered. And that was a big part of something that we talked about in March. I mean, it was when we were having some of those really emotional Zoom calls in March that they really wanted to be a part of it. And then the ACC got involved in men's basketball on the men's side. Um, Coach L got really involved, and, and we put the whole campaign together. We're probably in for a, a very unusual season. And I asked Coach L this on the show and Gino Damari as well. Uh the one thing we have learned watching other sports, whether it's the NBA in their bubble or the NFL right now or even Major League Baseball, is the players have approached their situation with a lot of emotion, a lot of passion, and you do see a lot of playing, I think, for love of the game. Is that something you've pointed out maybe to your players that it's going to be an unusual year, so you're going to have to bring maybe some of your own passion? Exactly. And also sort of um, the, the one thing in terms of resilience and resilience isn't just, you know, okay, I can handle toughness. It's also like finding a solution within the problem. Um, and so just not stopping at the problem all the time. So, you know, we're going to have uh, travel is going to be different. Uh, you know, maybe we were blessed and we, we don't have any positive tests, but there'll be contact tracing. I mean, there's going to be unfair, unfortunate things that happen. And as long as we have the attitude of where we're just trying to stay, um, okay, that happened. Where's the opportunity? Where's the opportunity? You know, hunt the good. And, and I actually made them do a journal this, this summer called Hunt the Good, and they had to find the three things that were great about being at home, being isolated, being in quarantine, whatever. And, and they wrote, you know, quite a lot about spending time with their family. I mean, a, an athlete never gets that much time off. And um, so, you know, just keep, keep it in that mode, doing everything we can. Um, I'm doing my player meetings these next two weeks um, again. And, you know, India Banks, you know, what we just talked about is I just love to see her coming to practice and smiling every day, knowing that this is one of their best part of the day is they get to play basketball versus they have to go to practice. Um, they're really – really changed that mentality and that's been a lot of fun i would say that i don't know that i've ever been so happy to broadcast games i wonder if players have never been so happy to play sports <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, they still don't like the running part so much, you know. Uh, they don't like hearing on the line. It's not like they're smiling when they're doing that part of it. But um, when we do play, and I've, uh, as a coach, I've just built in scrimmages a lot more um, in these preseason practices and let them be sloppy and don't stop the play and let them play it out and just get them feeling good about, you know, being, being able to play. And so um, that's been one obvious change. You always have such a wonderful perspective on things, so I think you're a very good person to ask this question. It might be even more of a statement than anything. Uh, I think one of the things uh, that the COVID has taught us is you have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to adapt, which you just referred to. And if anybody is qualified 
to adapt and adjust. I think it's people that are involved in sports. I think it's one of the reasons why so far, whether it's Major League Baseball, college football, NBA, or NFL, they've been able to find their way. There have been some hiccups, but they've been able to find their way because sports people, I think, know how to make adjustments. Well, yeah, you have to. And and, and, and it's funny you said that because – we're putting in an offense, and you've, you've seen me coach for quite some time now, and I've never had a complete five-out offense. But I had more time to watch a lot more and study, and also understanding that on any given night you, you may have – you know, you can't play a locked-in position basketball. You have to go somewhat positional positionless with some of the adversity that's been hitting. We've had practices we've had seven. We've had practices we had 12 people. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on. So you just kind of go – all right, well, I'm having a blast adjusting and just saying, you know, it, it, don't be married to having a point guard, a two guard, a three guard, a, a power forward, and a center. And, um, you know, so that's been kind of fun too. And, and I think that the players are really getting into it and everyone's playing every position and our skill level's improving. So, like I said, adjustment's been huge for us. Uh, you come back with four senior guards on the team and – Uh, 90% of your starts come back on your team. How important of all years, how important will that experience be this year? Well, yeah, that also is another reason why we're going five out, because I do have four senior guards, so I want them on the court a lot. So they'll figure it out. Um, And they need to, you know, they're a lot more comfortable with um, their roles. I think last year that junior class was expecting to still not – to not be the go-to players we were expecting, you know, a lot of, from Beatrice. And then all of a sudden, one injury, and they are now all the pressure, all the weight. We can't win unless you play well type that was all on them, and it hadn't been on them in their whole career. And so this year, they're back having lived it once and having probably not done it to the level that they were satisfied with, going, okay, I know it now. Like, give me the opportunity again. I'll fill this role for you, Coach. So I'm really happy about it. You also have a couple of newcomers that look like they're going to contribute uh, to your squad. Yeah, we do. We really do. Uh, um, There's two that are are playing particularly well. We've had a a lot of injuries and stuff and some unfortunate stuff. So of the newcomers, um, I think Nayan Gugoni and uh, Naomi Mbandu are playing great. They are sophisticated and they are uh, mature. Um, they got great basketball IQ and it's just a matter of um, working them in the system because they're they are you will not think that they are newcomers they they, they are veterans they have a veteran type uh, demeanor about them uh, you always play a very challenging non-conference schedule that probably is not going to be the, the the complete case this year you're probably gonna have to make some adjustments there because of the uh, uh of the virus and traveling and all that stuff uh but nonetheless i'm sure you're going to put together a heck of a schedule in addition to uh, an ACC schedule that's always going to be a grind. Well, yeah, I, I mean, and the good news is um, we are playing more regional in our non-conference, but we got some great programs in the in the state of Florida, uh, non-conference-wise. So it's not like we dropped it down a whole heck of a level. We we still got to sign some contracts and get that all finalized before we can announce it. But you know, they'll be driving driving distance, but they'll be big time programs. Yeah, that, that's good. And of course, uh, I would imagine you're expecting another. Uh, dogfight throughout the ACC. Yeah, and, and we added two more games, and as as the uh, coaches voted and the and the committee voted, um, we wanted to play as many games as possible. 
good. But we all know that the conference is, is the bread and butter of the season. And so why not, instead of finding and traveling more in a non-conference situation, maybe risk and exposure, just increase the number of ACC games so that we can sort of keep it in the family and we know the protocols and we know the travel. And if we need to test on someone else's campus, that we'd be available for that, you know. And, and so that was an easy call to just increase the number, two more, get, get the number to 20 and uh, play this season out. What did you think of the Heat's run to the NBA Finals? <laughs> if that was not the most entertaining, gutsy, just you, oh God, I loved it. I was obsessed with it. Um, you know, I, I just I felt like if there was ever a team that just answered the bell, if my job was to hit a shot, I hit it. If my job was to set a screen, I got it. If I was supposed to de- defend a stud, I did it. I mean, there were there was no ego. It was just this is what do we need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? And I'll do it for you. It was awesome as a coach. It was awesome. And the roles changed game by game, possession by possession. And when they were told it, they accepted it and they executed it. And what a fantastic job of coaching. What a fantastic job of coaching. Well, this is the first of what I hope this year, knock on wood, will be many more discussions on uh, University of Miami women's basketball. Uh, Optimistic and hopeful. Always good to talk with you. Uh, Thanks very much and enjoy the election night. Okay, let's go. Go America. That's University of Miami head coach Katie Meyer. We will continue on the Hurricane Hotline right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.